The lesson today is the commission received. And the background passage for this lesson is Acts chapter 1. Now, Acts picks up where the Gospel of Luke ends. After Jesus' resurrection, he spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them about the kingdom of God. He did this to prepare them for the life and for them for life and for ministry in his physical absence. The disciples were nervous and anxious about the next phase of their lives and ministry, but Jesus gathered them and then commissioned them and assured them of the promise of the Holy Spirit and his physical return. So the first passage is Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, You have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Now, Jesus would send his disciples to the ends of the earth, but, the, but first... They actually needed to wait and be adequately equipped. The disciples may have wanted to give up in disappointment at Christ's leaving or go ahead in excitement, but Jesus commanded them to wait. Obedience to the Lord's commands and waiting on the Lord's timing allows us to experience His blessings. Now, Jesus previously taught His disciples about the coming of the Spirit in his physical absence. He taught that the Spirit will be our helper, the Spirit will bring, bring to remembrance Jesus' teaching, the Spirit will guide us in truth, and that the Spirit will bring the testimony of Christ to us, to us and through us. Now, these teachings lay the foundation for the disciples to anticipate the Father's promise of the Holy Spirit that is seen in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Now, John's baptism was actually a symbol representing the individual's repentance from sin, God's forgiveness, and then a hope in God's promise to bring restoration through a Messiah. The immersion into water represented ceremonial cleansing that served as a personal identification and reminder of their hope in God to fulfill His promise. The baptism of the Holy Spirit referenced here would be a unique event when the Holy Spirit would be poured out on the disciples. Now, while John's baptism was an immersion into the water as a sign of repentance, the baptism of the Spirit at Pentecost was the Spirit immersing the disciples as he came to live within them. Once the Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, he was made available to all believers upon their conversion. The Holy Spirit is given to Christ's followers so that they may grow in Christ, serve him with spiritual gifts, and be empowered to live holy lives that point others to Jesus. Christ's disciples must rely on the Spirit of God for faithfulness and fruitfulness. Disciples are unable to effectively carry out Christ's work in their own strength and resources. Now, the next passage is Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. 
So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, It's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, as Christ was preparing to leave, it was a very emotional, intense moment for the disciples. Now that he was leaving soon, the disciples still held on to the expectation that the kingdom of Israel would be restored. Now, in pairs, they answer the question, what are some expectations someone might have of Christ today? Now, give, for example, give me a... A stress-free life, make everything perfect or fix everything. Erase all evil on the earth or give me a rich life. That's what we as Christians today um, should expect that we might have through Christ. The disciples' question concerning the restoration of Israel following the common teaching of the time that God's Messiah would come to restore the national identity and rule of Israel. While Jesus did not deny that there would be a future restoration, he turned the disciples' attention to consider God's greater plan. A primary implication of verse 7 is that we should not seek to figure out the date or believe any group or person that promotes a certain date for Christ's return. Church history is actually full of such false predictions. And Jesus made it clear that such knowledge of God's plan will not be revealed. Instead, we are to live each day faithfully and mindfully with the hope that it actually could be today that God has set aside for Christ's return. Now, Jesus would use the disciples to expand the kingdom by bringing a spirit-empowered witness of Jesus Christ to other places and to other cultures. God's plan was a much greater plan than what they had anticipated. It would actually involve their active participation in achieving it. The Holy Spirit working in the disciples would enable them to have the power to fulfill their task of being Jesus' witnesses. The advancement of the disciples' gospel witness from Jerusalem Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth could similarly be understood today as taking the gospel to people who are like you, somewhat different from you, significantly different from you, and then extremely difficult from you. The progression is not only geographic, but it's also cultural. The geographic and cultural progression of the disciples' ministry provides a rough outline of the book of Acts as they went from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and finally to the ends of the earth. Our task today is to continue this spirit-empowered task of being Christ's witnesses to all people everywhere. Now, Christ promised the arrival of the Spirit, and he was sure sure to come, but first Jesus had to return to the Father. Now reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, 
and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. So Christ's ascension completed his physical ministry to the disciples until his return. Although Christ had physically returned to the Father, he revealed himself to Stephen and in visions to Paul and John. The ascension of Christ is reminiscent of Enoch and Elijah, whom God took to heaven. The difference, however, is that Jesus died, resurrected, then was taken to heaven, as well as the fact that Jesus' ascension to heaven anticipates his future physical return. Now, as Christ vanished from view, the disciples gazed to the sky, lingered on. They were understandably mesmerized, having witnessed the miracle of Christ's ascension. However, such high spiritual expectations should be motivation for faithfulness, not idleness. The two men who appeared were most likely angels. Given their sudden appearance, white clothing as seen in other angelic appearances, and insight into what had taken place. Like the angels who appeared at Christ's tomb to explain the event and encourage the women to go tell the others, these messengers reminded the disciples of Christ's promise to return and refocus their attention to the task at hand. Now, the return of Christ will actually be physical, where he will come down from the heavens the messengers explain that Christ will come back similarly to how he left. Other New Testament passages actually confirm this idea of Christ's return on the clouds and his descent from heaven to earth. All Christians look forward to the return of Christ as the day of the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the sudden appearance of message from angels to the disciples is a reminder to all believers that we should anticipate Christ's return. But while waiting and anticipating, we should be active to fulfill our commission to be Jesus' witnesses to all people in all places as Christ has commanded. Before Jesus ascended to the Father, he commissioned his disciples to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, under the authority of Jesus and with the power of the Holy Spirit. We make disciples of all peoples as we anticipate the return of Christ. Because we've been saved as a result of the Son of God coming to us, we go and make disciples of all nations by declaring the truth of the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit through, the, through our words and our actions. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the fact that you sent the Holy Spirit in his absence while he's in heaven to be with us and to empower us to help spread the gospel news of Jesus Christ 
across the world. Lord, I pray for those that are sick and hurting today that you would just comfort them and wrap your loving arms of mercy around them and restore them. And Lord, I pray for all that listen to this mess, this Sunday school lesson today that you would just inspire them to get out and spread the gospel to someone they meet. Lord, I ask you to send the Holy Spirit to guide each of our steps as we walk the path that you have chosen for us each day. For it's in Jesus' precious name that I pray. Amen.